Hey folks, this is David opposing the matrix. How are you? We're here for our Monday night show. Um, <clears throat> things going pretty good here. Um, I hope things are going good with you guys too. All right. What do we got going here? So tonight we're going to talk about a variety of different things. We're going to talk about, Oh, uh, let's just see here what we got. I got this little, um, <laughs> teleprompter, um, I know Biden can't read off of one, but I can. All right. It's about science. So Reaching the twilight zone. Things that once science fiction are now fact. Star Trek, the Terminator, X-Files all showed us things. Um, has the Mark of the Beast been patented by the U.S. Patent Office? Uh, what about Morgolans? What about transhumanism? Uh, what about... Uh, revelation and how it fits into our modern things that we got going on here folks so um anyway we got a lot to explore tonight i guess huh so i finally got my final resting place here <laughs> let me explain that um where the, my desk is and everything in the house it's going to stay here from now on so uh, you see i have a nice blank wall behind me and uh Let's see a window over there. You can't see it. I got my printers over here. And so I uh, I debated not doing the show tonight. You know why I said things are doing pretty good. My back hurts a little bit tonight. So, but I'm going to just uh, grin and bear it and do this thing. Okay. So <clears throat> like the grassroots saying so many years ago, back in the sixties, early seventies, I must let the show go on. And boy, I wish I could play that song. I love that song. But, uh, you know, then you get in all this copyright garbage and everything else. And I really don't feel like getting kicked off of formats or creating any problems. So, all right. And this all started out tonight. Uh, actually, it's been a couple of days um, with this thought in my head about doing this, this subject matter here. And um, I noticed that today uh, on... Um, a news source that I use quite often, Natural News. Uh, there was an article on there, and I'm going to go ahead and we'll, we'll just go there. How's that sound? Okay. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, self-assembling tech nanotechnology has been around since at least 2001 under the name of liquid computing. In this tech... Is this tech used as in the COVID vaccines? Well, yeah. Um, man, we've looked at this time and time again about how all the garbage that's in the the COVID. I'm, they're not they're not vaccines. They're they're death shots. The kill shots. COVID kill shots. How's that sound? Um, so we've <clears throat> we've seen time and time again through video, through pictures, through the testimony of scientists and doctors that this stuff is junk. Uh, this, it's a junk uh, injection, junk. And, uh, and it's full of junk. Anyway, uh, let's, let's continue here. Now, this is uh, the author is Ethan Huff, and he does a lot of stuff here. Um, uh, it was published uh, Monday, today, November 21st, 2022. And I always like to read the tags because sometimes they're funny. Other times they're not, but sometimes they are. Um, AI, Charles Lieber, chemical violence, COVID, COVID vaccine, depopulation, discoveries, 
future tech, inventions, liquid computing, nanotechnology, privacy watch, real investigations, self-assembling, and vaccines. And self-investigations is spelled wrong. It's got two A's in there between the G and the T. But, uh, you know, I've made my share of mistakes too, so (laughs) Uh, we'll go there. Anyway, let's go ahead and read this article. <clears throat> then we'll kind of branch off from it. It'll be like the um, the, the foundation that we're going to establish our talk tonight about. So natural news, it's, um, it is November slash December 2001. In its, excuse me, November, December 2001 issue, Harvard Magazine published an expose called Liquid Computing that highlighted then new technology in which nanoparticles were able to be self well able to self-assemble into a computer when exposed to liquid. Interesting. The technology was developed by none other than Charles Lieber, who in early 2020, at the time the start of the Wuhan uh, coronavirus COVID-19 scandemic, uh, was charged alongside two Chinese nationals for aiding the People's Republic of China in developing bioweapons in Wuhan. Lieber was convicted in December of 2021 on six felony charges related to his receipt of millions of dollars in research funding from China. In early February of 2022, he filed a motion for an acquittal on a new trial that was defined that was denied. Excuse me. I don't know where I'm reading here. Um, his sentence date was scheduled for June or January 1st, 2023. Before all this, Harvard praised Lieber for developing something that was uh, new to all of us with the Operation Warp Speed vaccines. Uh, but <clears throat> this, but that has apparently been around for more than two decades. Um, Talk about scientific plagiarism, huh? Um, In short, Lieber's decades-old technology appears to have finally found its use in the COVID shots. And it's got some brackets here related. Check out our earlier coverage highlighting the presence of what appears to be self-assembling nano-octopus microparticles inside of COVID injections. I think you've all seen that, folks. It kind of looks like a hydra more than an octopus. But um, very interesting. Uh, how much of Lieber's work was incorporated into COVID shots? Harvard Magazine pointed out that uh, Lieber's work ran contrary to that of other scientists in the nanotechnology field. Instead of using a top-down approach or taking something big and making it smaller, Lieber used a bottom-up approach or taking something small and making it bigger. Using wires only three nanometers across, Lieber was able to produce relatively cheap, using a few thousand dollars worth of equipment, a nano-sized circuit board that, when immersed in liquid and poured onto a desktop, formed automatically into a computer. Wow. Wouldn't that be nice, huh? wonder when Dell's going to come out with that. Sounds like science fiction, Harvard Magazine asked at the time. Uh, What Lieber developed was a nanowire structure capable capable of forming into virtually any flavor 
meaning he was able to make different self-assembling nanowire computers using different liquid solutions. The potential application in microelectronics is obvious. The minute size of these building blocks allowed for higher transistor densities, which could lead, at least in principle, to more highly integrated and powerful computers, Harvard Magazine explained. In 10 or 20 years, there might be no need for hard disk because solid-state memory could store so much data. Well, that came to be true. Um, It turns out they were right. We now have solid-state memory drives, just as predicted. We also have new vaccines that independent researchers believe contain the very self contain the very self-assembling nanowires and microscopic computer chips that Lieber helped to develop. Could it be that Lieber's technology is the very thing being used in Fauci flu shots to assemble tiny computers inside the bodies of fully vaccinated? Lieber did, after all, state back in 2021 that his (laughs) nanotechnology development shows for allows for the creation of fundamentally new properties that you can't even conceive of when dealing with conventional materials by scaling them down. Normally, a molecule binding to the surface of a transistor wouldn't have a big effect, he went on to explain. But imagine a protein with the charge uh, with the charge on it coming up from something very small, uh, where the surface is a big component Uh, You bring this uh, charged body up, and it biologically or chemically switches the transistor. In essence, you have electronically, you electronically detect when you have a protein, a nucleic of nucleic acid, or anything else. The sensor was tested. I'm glad in a proof of concept experiment involving prostate cancer detection. It was also stated at the time that Lieber's technology allowed for the creation of a centimeter square chip to detect a billion things simultaneously, even variations in an individual's DNA. And it says be sure to read the full story as it was published in Harvard Magazine. And it's got a link that takes you to Harvard Magazine for that. I and mean, we don't have time for that, folks. But uh, the, the link's here. Then again, this is um, naturalnews.com. And uh, if you go there, it'll list all the articles that they posted the last few days, and you'll see this self-assembling nanotechnology has been around since at least 2001. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. All right, so it's been around for a while. I submit to you it's been around for longer than that. Um, if you, I, I don't know, my wife and I are X-Files junkies. We've seen all the seasons at least twice, or I have anyway. <laughs> and we're working on getting her up to twice, and... Um, there's, there was a, were a, uh, a number of, uh, episodes of there where there was this black oil stuff that, uh, that actually went into people and took control of them. And, uh, you know, I, I can't see any difference between that and what we just read here. Okay. Um, so we're talking about the early to mid 1990s. Okay. So it's been around at least since 1990s. And, you know, if it's if it was talked about in the 1990s, it might have been around since the 1970s. Who knows? You know, and if um, the powers that be 
the the principalities, powers, rulers, and spiritual wickedness in high places. If they wanted mankind to have it even earlier, it would have been given to mankind. So it's possible it's been around for 70 or 80 years. Who knows? So anyway, uh, I just wanted to introduce you to that and kind of set the tone for tonight. All right. So let me get back over here. Well, let me get rid of this first here. And we'll go back and you got my mug again. All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, the black goo. The black goo is going to get you. <laughs> okay. All righty. So let's see here. Let's show this on the screen. Okay. And this looks like it's a, uh, a video. It is a video. Okay. I'm sorry, folks. I've looked at a lot of things today. Okay. So. Um, so it's starting out here. Context references Harold Kant's uh, uh, Vela, Kant's hyphen Vela, states that he has a bloodline connection with Sarah R. Adams. Um, reference bases recording, recordings and bases at the barge. Uh, he discussed an issue with Miles Johnson that Sarah is fronting an artificial intelligence that talks through her. She agrees that this is an AI created by our ancestors who were absorbed into the into that system. Max Beer stated that an AI is sweeping the galaxy and absorbing all life on all of the on planets it reaches. We face similar prospects as now we now create AI. Okay. Um, kind of gives you an idea. Now, I'm just reading that for the folks that are gonna be listening to this and that can't see it, so. Um, there's a little more, so I'll read it when we get down there, okay? All right, we're going to go bigger here. Here we go. All right. This is the, uh, the beginning, folks, so... And um, comment your presentation. Okay. Okay, yeah, folks, hold on a second. Um, I'm not going to show this. It's a two-hour video. (laughs) Okay. But I'll tell you that if you want to, you can go to, uh, let's see, let's do this. Go to Rumble and just type in Black Goo Programmable Matter comma, AI technology, comma, Morgellons, comma, chemtrails by Harold, H-A-R-A-L-D, Kautz, K-A-U-T-Z, Villa. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, but that's just way too long. And I had saved it on here so I could watch it after the show's over. So, okay. But we are going to watch the next video. Let's see here. All right, so that's that one. Then we're going to go here. 
All right, show on screen. Okay. This isn't quite as long, not even close. All right. So shall we watch this one, folks? Okay, this is 15 minutes long. So, and this is called Programmable Matter, Keys to Control. Folks, do you remember, um, before we get into this video, do you remember uh, 1947? Well, I don't remember it either because I wasn't born until 59, but um, you probably read about it. If you read anything about Roswell, <clears throat> the crash in Roswell back in 1947, you've read that um, some of the material that they found in Roswell at the crash site, supposedly, was a metal-looking, uh, a very uh, pliable metal, uh, kind of like tin foil, but you know how tin foil, when you crunch it up, it stays that way. But what what happened was with the um, the material they found in 1947 at the crash site, um, they could crunch it up like you would tin foil, but it, it folded out to what it was before. In other words, it had a memory of what it was, and that's what we're talking about here. Uh, programmable matter, matter that has a memory has a uh, a way of remembering how it was in the beginning and how it's supposed to be afterwards, or or it could be programmed to change. So um, anyway, I just wanted to make that uh, that connection between Roswell and this, okay? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, research Roswell because it's a really interesting subject and um, how things were first came out and then they were covered up and, and then another cover and another cover and they had so many covers on it that... Uh, you couldn't see it anymore at all. <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and play this and uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. Think the fax is dead? Wait until you can fax your whole body. Ooh. Well, what if we take that same idea, but think small? I mean, really small. I'm talking about programmable matter. Actual 3D... Imagine that we have a programmable material workstation. That looks totally normal until you send it some information like a virtual model of a three-dimensional object and then it springs into action forming that object right in front of your eyes now it sounds like it's the stuff of science fiction and that crazy kind of technology has to be a hundred years away right maybe but maybe not one approach to programmable matter is claytronics, which is an idea that came out of Carnegie Mellon University and Intel. The base unit of claytronics is the catom, the computerized atom. Now, these catoms can work together to form three-dimensional objects on demand. And building that kind of machine is pretty tricky. They have to be able to receive energy. They have to be able to communicate with one another. And they have to be able to move around, preferably without having any moving parts of their own. So several years ago, Carnegie Mellon researchers built catom cylindrical prototypes that were 44 millimeters in diameter. Now these things were able to move around on a two-dimensional plane, pushing and pulling against each other using electromagnets. In the future, we want to see even smaller catoms, maybe just a millimeter in size, or the size of a grain of sand, or maybe even smaller than that. Now. In a future where this is a reality, where we have programmable material, 
why should we be excited about it? Well, think about it. Email has pretty much rendered the fax obsolete. But what if you could fax three-dimensional objects? Let's say that I have a trough full of claytronic catoms in front of me, and I take an object and dip it into that trough. The catoms flow over it, creating a virtual model of the object I've put into it. And then I send that to you, and you have your own trough of claytronic catoms that assemble themselves into that same three-dimensional object. Boom! I just sent you a copy of a real physical thing. Or in the far future, it could be part of telepresence. Forget phone calls, forget video calls. I would be able to create a full three-dimensional claytronic version of myself that could appear in front of you and give you a handshake or even a hug. The entertainment applications for this alone are astounding. Imagine playing a video game and the characters literally leap off the screen and become three-dimensional creatures in your home. And if this stuff becomes plentiful and cheap enough, we could have objects disassembling and reassembling themselves everywhere. Let's say I've got a bunch of friends coming over for dinner and I want to make sure I got enough seats for them. Well, I could use Claytronics to build the furniture right then and there. Then when my guests leave, I could have it disassemble back into those individual catoms and go into a vat for storage. One thing we have to take into consideration is this amazing future may never appear during our lifetimes. but. I'm still really excited by the prospect of people working on this technology. And we don't even know where it could go. I mean, when people first started making computers, they had no way of knowing that the future would turn out to be as amazing as our present is. That brings me to this week's question for you guys. If you had a big old vat of claytronic catoms in front of you, what's the first thing you build with it? Oh, folks, looks like we're having a buffering. Shape-shifting material that can transform itself in real time, changing colors and shape on demand. It sounds like special effects you would see in a sci-fi movie, but this is no illusion. Researchers at Intel teamed up with the academic community to make what they call programmable matter. The basic idea is the notion that you could have a material that could change its shape or change its physical properties just by reconfiguring itself. Forget about designing something in flat two dimensions. What about creating a 3D prototype of anything, even a car? Open the doors, kick the tires, you know, peek inside to see what it looks like, fit little dolls of, you know, people inside of it. This space age stuff is like putty in your hands. Programmable matter is still in the early developmental stages. But Intel's Andrew Chin says one day we may be able to morph objects on demand to fit our human needs. So for example, you know, I have a Bluetooth earpiece and it fits me great, but then when I put on my sunglasses, it doesn't fit anymore. Wouldn't it be nice if it could change its shape subtly, right, to all of a sudden match that? All of these things are possible with programmable matter. We are definitely on the edge of discovery with this one. So we have a 4D realm with this black wood inside, and we have everything that is needed to process consciousness. You know, this bidirectional light is consciousness, and it comes out of the unorganic realm at that point. So what basically is created is the physical matter with the ability to carry consciousness. A photo a viewer sent us shows a black goo-like substance on the Hutchinson Island shoreline just south of Herman Bay that he says spanned for about 100 yards. The world's oldest mummies are in big trouble. Those mummies are starting to turn into black ooze. This tar-like substance is everywhere. 
is conscious and alive and it can take any form or pattern it wants to, the consciousness wants to take. The earliest we can find remains of all the process that kind of is leading to the creation of black goose. So, so if you look for example at Mumio, Mumio is found on the surface of stone in caves in the mountains. Uh, for the people that can't see this, they're just talking about the black goo um, and speculating about where it may come from. So, um, anyway, um, I'll try to keep you up to breast, okay? известно одно. Добывает мумио в расщелинах гор. Только там мумио в природе ограничено. Поэтому медики часто сомневаются в его подлинности. So this is kind of halfway to black goo. If you run these transmutation lines to the precious metals, then you create something that has all the physical properties to be able to carry a certain form of magnetism. Okay. Yeah, so so you, you create a liquid uh, that has precious monoatomic precious metals embedded in a carbon environment. And this is the basic structure of life. And this is kind of a superconducting matter that is only half in this reality. You can see this in the lab if you heat the material I think from 70 degrees higher, it disappears. It gets transparent and is a, it's just gone, you know, mm -hmm. out of closed uh, things. So, so this is material, it is a matter that is not fully in this realm. It materializes out of higher dimensional realms in a 4D setup, yeah. you know, like taking space-time sheets. Mm -hmm. It came from higher space-time sheets through wormholes into our At Atlantean times, mm -hmm. uh, there were alien influences on this planet. Days of Noah. Kind of introduced a black magic tradition. And the aim was to open a stargate, kind of a wormhole close to planet Earth with technological devices. Yeah. What they imported through the uh, open stargate was uh, a shower of meteorites containing a substance that is very similar to the earth type black goo. Okay. It, it was kind of stored in a kind of oil schist covered with other stones and these meteorites hit the earth all over. And this, the, the black goo contained in this alien, I, I will call it alien black goo for okay. the moment. Uh, the, the SS during World War II was a occult organization yeah. and they, they mined this alien black goo and used it as occult 
pieces of whatever, you know, oh, yeah. like like uh, making the, the end of knives out of this alien black goo or something really? to put on letters that they don't fly away from the table. You know, just small things integrating into daily life. If you, if you just see with what kind of a lack of empathy they crossed Europe, you know what this substance does with you. And when I was for the first time in contact with the substance, the same happened to me. I was not prepared to counteract the influence, mm -hmm. so I was close to killing the hotel manager for stupid little things, you know? I didn't even know what was happening with me. I couldn't, I could not process the anger and rage in me. Because I was completely taken over by this. And all the world religions are basically infected with the alien black. You have the black stone in the Kaaba in Mecca. Mecca. Okay. Yeah. And they say this is a meteorite. It's a cube. Right. The cube around, now there's in, in one of the walls, on the corner of a wall, there's a black stone embedded in a silver oh, frame. That's, that's very cool. And this is the meteorite, according to the tradition Mohammed found in the desert. The tradition says it's meteorite stone, so it is alien, so it is reptilian. Mm -hmm. And so basically it's like, like uh, infecting a loving religion, religion <coughs> with a source of evil. Under the Peter's Dome is a huge rock of alien black goo. Mm -hmm. Every altar in older churches in Europe carries a black altar stone. Um, if you look at the writings of H.P. Lovecraft, he describes the black magic cults mm -hmm. that are explicitly worshipping these black alien stones. And he, th there's one description of um, um, a ritual they make. They sacrifice little children, blood sacrifice, wow. in front of the black stones, and then kind of etheric beings, demons, spider-like, huge spider-like demons are coming out of the 3D projection out of that stone um, to absorb the energy released by the blood sacrifice. In the mythological tradition they are described as demons. They are basically holographic projections out of an alien quantum computer. We communicate with these demons and either we say okay this feels like evil or we don't want to get in touch yeah, but, our but many people, many people decided, wow, this is interesting, mm -hmm. you know, they're not connected to the heart, they're just connected to the brain, mm -hmm. yeah. and they start to deal with them, and this is the black magic tradition, mm -hmm. and what you get from them in return is worldly power. Yeah. Okay. So they help you. You worship them. You supply them with your physical energy because they need an energy source. They don't have an energy source included. This is why this is a um, vampire system in a way. This is the, the prolonged development of blood and fire sacrifice. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we are worshipping basically these dark entities by the way we live, knowingly or not knowingly. And this black goo has to do something with the communication with demons.
This is in the in the black magic tradition. These black goo chests were used to communicate with the demons. So this all interconnects on political, scientific, and the level of mythology. December 2018, Tomb of Osiris. But this one's very strange. You see that black kind of oozy goo material. I don't know exactly what it is. It looks organic. And when I return in April of 2019, I'm going to take samples of it and have it analyzed. Some people have said it's hydraulic fluid, but I don't think so because we find this strange goo-like sticky liquid on the outside and also much more on the inside and as well on the roof. It's as if the lid blew off sideways and whatever was inside was turned into this gooey mass. Possibly the inhabitant is, uh, or that's the remains of the original inhabitant. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And that, folks, is the crux of the whole matter. <laughs> this is evil come into this world to make things terrible, but we have overcome the world through the blood of Yeshua. Okay, so that was that one. That's that one. Okay, let's see. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's go to... We got a pet, excuse me, a patent for matter nanotechnology. Let's see here. All right. Programmable matter nanotechnology, U.S. patents and COVID vaccines. All right. And it's a letter. Dear scientists, here's something we can that can be interesting even if it is a as even if it is as background information it is known that the covid vaccine contains nanoparticles and modified rna hypothesis with this after injection programmable matter can be produced inside the individual when activated by 5g or by a substance from the second vaccine and in sequence and in sequential vaccines triggered by 5G, such as 3D printing system, uh, individuals can be targeted since their DNA will be known through the PCR tests. And it gives a link down here. And I'm going to have to read it for those that are listening, okay? So this is, has to do with programmable matter. So it's HTTP colon uh, forward slash forward slash www.alloya.com forward slash programmable hyphen matter hyphen black hyphen goo forward slash. The reality of nanotechnology is black goo, programmable matter, smart dust, and margolins. 
Margolins, that's interesting. Um, we need to talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about it before I forget. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're familiar with Margolins, or, or if you're not, um, people started complaining about Margolins probably back in the 90s, maybe even earlier, but I remember reading about them in the 90s. And basically, they're thread-like. Uh, it's thread-like material that uh, comes out of a person's pores. And it's black, usually. And it just, uh, people are able to pull on it and it just keeps coming out. And it didn't really know where it came from, but it looks like now maybe people are starting to get a bead on where it comes from, um, from this black goo. Um, it's quite interesting. And people saw it as a, a malady. As a matter of fact, the medical community did get into it. Uh, to what degree, I do not know. But uh, it was recognized as a problem that uh, needed to be fixed uh, through medicine. Uh, however, until you can get rid of the black goo, um, who knows how long it'll take to get rid of the, uh, the Margolins uh, or Mogellans. Sorry, I always pronounced that wrong. Anyway, there is a, um, a video, all right, HTTPS uh, colon forward slash forward slash www.bitshoot, that's B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E dot com forward slash video forward slash the number nine, uh, small K, small J, capital I, capital F, the number one, capital I, capital Q, capital C, capital O, uh, or is it, yeah, O, capital V, capital P, forward slash. Okay. The multiplication of nanoparticles in Morgellons, thanks to programmable matter, has probably already been applied by a chemtrails. It's that's the chemtrail, uh, Morgellons, smart dust, and archons uh, connection. That's that video that was long. I didn't really want to watch. Um, and here's the um, the address https uh, colon forward slash work slash www.bitshoot b-i-t-c-h-u-t-e dot com forward slash video forward slash small v small f capital l capital k small t small i capital z capital k four seven capital b and three forward slash Okay, activating the wild growth of Morgellons can cause pneumonia, a brain thrombosis, or a heart attack. They can also act as an antenna to capture microwaves or to transmit an eavesdrop on voices and thoughts. Okay, let's stop right here for a second. Okay, I got to talk about this. I just have to. It's, it's, uh, I feel compelled to. Um, so what does it say? Pneumonia. All right. Pneumonia. That's pretty self-explanatory. Brain thrombosis or heart attack. Okay. Now those are the physical maladies, maladies rather. Um, now what were the main complaints from people that, um, that had actual COVID-19 and went into the hospital and was put on ventilators? Pneumonia, right? The lungs were filling up. However, later on, we came to find out that it wasn't really pneumonia. It was blood clots in the lung, which takes us to the next things, um, which are common with the injection, okay, or the death jab. Brain thrombosis and heart attack, which is caused by a, 
um, a, uh, a blockage of one of the arteries or veins in the heart. Okay. So it's interesting that these things are listed, but they're also symptoms of COVID-19 and or the ejection, uh, the vaccine or the kill shot. Um, now, they can also act as an antenna to capture microwaves or to transmit an eavesdrop on voices and thoughts. Okay, let's let's look at this and think about this for a minute, okay? Um, remember when they said that if you had COVID, you had to stand six feet apart from another person? I heard and I read in several different places and from credible sources that this was because they were able to zoom in on individuals, but when people got together closer than six feet to, to each other, that it confused the the um, satellites or whatever it was that's, that was picking them up and kind of monitoring them. And that's why everybody had to be six feet apart. Yeah, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it doesn't surprise me. Nothing surprises me anymore with the stuff that's going on, okay? Um, but I want to go back further in time, uh, before COVID-19, before the death shot, before, even before a lot of the current vaccines that are out there, um, having been a mental health nurse, I used to work for, um, Oregon State Hospital up in Salem. It's so nice to be able to say that and not have to worry about persecution or prosecution anymore Um, because I could have lost my job talking about this stuff before then. I will not mention a person's, a patient's name or anything like that, but I can mention some of the, the problems that I saw that they were encountering. Okay. One of the uh, more serious problems or diagnoses that we were dealing with was patients that had um, schizophrenia. And one of the things we had to do uh, when we were training to go to this facility is uh, each one of us had to sit in what we later became the hot seat, as we called it. And um, and when you sat in the hot seat, you had a person on each side of you with a piece of paper that was rolled up into a cone, like, you know, kind of like a, a megaphone. And you had another person that was standing in, or sitting in front of you who was trying to talk to you. And the whole thing was, okay, the person that's sitting in front of you is the intake person at a psych facility. And the people on each side of you are the voices that you that the, the person with schizophrenia hears. Okay, so this person's trying to talk and gather information. And in my left ear, I'm hearing about how, um, how the, the devil hates me, my family hates me, um, and things like that. In the right ear, I heard uh, similar things, but uh, God is a fraud. God, don't don't believe anything what God says. You know, he's he's a he's a liar and things like that. And that's just a kind of example. And they were speaking kind of loud, so you couldn't really hear the person in front of you. And it also helped to to explain to me why schizophrenics often wear earphones and walk around with music blasting as loud as they can stand it because they don't hear the voices. Okay. So, and, you know, I I come to you as a person who's um, great, or no, yeah, I guess great aunt uh, had schizophrenia 
and uh, was affected of it quite seriously. And having seen that as a, as a young child, I kind of knew what the symptoms were to it. Uh, but then working in the hospital, I, I got to see it a lot better, of course. But um, I noticed that, you know, Christians are real real quick or are real quick to say that it's demon possession. And I do believe that in some cases it is, but not every case. So we, we live in a, a society, especially generation, my generation and, and, and the newer generations from, from my generation. So I'm um, a baby boomer. So we're talking about Gen X millennials and whatever comes after that. There's, I think one or two more generations after that. And, um, and as the generations progressed, belief in God got to be less and less and less. Okay. Um, so I noticed that a lot of the people, it, when, when they heard the voices, it was all centered on them basically to just drag them down and, and to make them worthless in the, in the case of being a human being, you know, an active and thriving human being. Um, and, it, and it was almost always negative. I mean, some people heard their, their dead mother or stuff like that, but for the most part, it was negative and the voices were telling them to do harm to themselves or to other people. And it hit me because my generation, we, um, when we were younger, we had things, uh, we didn't necessarily have a lot of aluminum. We had a lot of things in either bottles or tin, Okay, tin cans and stuff, and um, and if we did have cans with a, a beverage in it, so to speak, it w- it was tin or steel, you know, very thin steel, and um, but we didn't have the aluminum. Okay, now I, I've come to realize through reading a lot of things, and science has realized it too, that aluminum doesn't just stay in the can; it it gets in the drink and then it goes down your gullet and then into your bloodstream. And a lot of times it settles in the brain. And a lot of scientists speculate that, um, that people that have Alzheimer's have it because there's a lot of, of um, aluminum and other metals in the brain. Okay. So, so that's my generation. And then the generations that grew up after me, everything's in aluminum. We cook in aluminum. We, uh, Every, every beverage just about is in aluminum. Um, you name it. The things are wrapped up in aluminum foil. It used to be tin foil. Now it's aluminum. Uh, so the whole society, especially in the United States here, is aluminum-based. And if it's, if it's possible that aluminum can leach out and get into your system and go to your brain... What better way to make an antenna than to load your brain up with aluminum? But not just aluminum, because a lot of people have amalgam fittings in their mouth, fill, fittings, fillings from cavities. You know, you get them drilled out and filled with that junk. Um, but it, we're taking it in through food, too. And now we're supposedly taking it in through the air because of chemtrails. And, and, um, uh, but not just aluminum, but we're talking mercury and we're talking other heavy metals that are actually entering us through our, our lungs, through our mouths, through our stomachs, you know, and in all different ways. So um, 
are some people more susceptible to storing mercury in their brains? It's possible. Um, are some people victims of um, satanic ritual abuse, SRA, and and things like that? And if so, um, are they more susceptible to taking more aluminum into their 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 brains and and the rest of their body? Um, I can't think of a better way to make an antenna in somebody's head than to than to you know put a bunch of aluminum and mercury and other metals up there. That would form an excellent antenna. What are antennas made out of? They're made out of, uh, well, mostly copper wire, but uh, some of them are made out of um, uh, aluminum. And there you have it, okay? So if you wanted to, to drive a person literally crazy um, with the guys that they have a mental illness, but they really don't, but you're causing it because you're speaking to them through a frequency in their head. Uh, who's to say that maybe a lot of schizophrenics aren't really mentally ill. Maybe they're just victims of, uh, of manipulation through a project like Monarch or, or uh, one of the other CIA um, things. And, and maybe uh, SRA, satanic ritual abuse or something like that. Um, there are so many things that it, it could be, um, it's, but it's not always, and I will go to my grave believing this, it's not always demon possession. It's not, I mean, it, some of the cases are, okay, uh, either possession or um, where they're being harassed by demons, okay? And I haven't, I didn't really do any studies as to the families that people came from, if they came from uh, religious families or something like that. But I would, I would, would not doubt that many of them do and that uh, they're being, they're being uh, accosted and abused because um, the devil likes to pick on the, um, and so is the government for that matter, to pick on Christians and, and believers in Yeshua and other religions also. So anyway, I thought that was quite interesting. Okay, now let's. Um, okay, so we read that part about the uh, the brain thrombosis and heart attacks and pneumonia. Okay, and we we talked about that a little bit, or a lot maybe. Um, and then it continues. They can also be used as a personal ID to connect the outside world via a crypto blockchain system as in Microsoft's patent, W-O-2-0-2-0 forward slash 0-6-0-6-0-6, and then A-1, so that the individuals can be financially punished or rewarded according to their behavior with respect to imposed rules. All right. Let's, uh, let me read it. Uh, here's the link you can get to that. Um HTTPS uh, colon forward slash forward slash patent images. That's all one word dot storage dot Google AS or APIS. So that's Google common spelling APIS, all one word dot com forward slash five eight forward slash small f, the number five forward slash small b small f. 
forward slash small b small f four five three small d zero zero three five six one zero small f forward slash w the letter o two o two o o six zero six zero six a one dot pdf did you see anything interesting about that number by the way um six zero six zero six 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 it's the number of the beast the number of his name okay and maybe this maybe we've hit on because the, the scripture said it's a mystery and it's going to take wisdom to figure out well i'm not by any by any means a very wise person and i'm not a genius because we know where geniuses come from um but the fact that it says 666 there and, and that it's going to take um, deduction, a serious deduction at the end days to try to figure out what that number means. And But this uh, patent number is 666. That's interesting. Uh, 06, 06, 06, actually. So that's uh, even more 666. So, all right. Finally, they can be used as elementary devices connected to brain cells via the patent U.S., 2014 forward slash 004-6891, capital A, one, to lead their own intelligent or transhuman life, including language, emotions completely uncontrollable by target persons via external electromagnetic waves, or 5G. Okay, and we're going to look at these patents, okay, because they're they're very interesting. And this is the last um, URL I'm going to give you, okay. It's a long one, folks. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash patent images. That's patent as in the patent office. Patent images, all one word, dot storage, dot Google, E-A-P-I-S dot com forward slash nine small f forward slash small d small or small e small d forward slash small b small c forward slash small a small b six six seven uh four five no six six seven four small f five small d nine seven nine small b five forward slash U.S. capital, capital U, capital S, 201-400-46891, capital A, one dot PDF. I am tired of reading numbers and letters, folks. It says, kind kind regards, Terry Demise, January 5th, 2021. So it's a fairly recent letter. Okay, so let's get rid of this. And then let's go into the patents because (laughs) uh, if you're not freaked out now, you will be in a minute. Okay. All right. I got to get rid of some stuff here. Let's get rid of that. Uh, Okay. So. All right. Let's look at this patent. Okay. All right. 
United States patent application publication. Uh, let's see, February 13th, 2014. That's the published date. It's got a published number up on top. Sapient or sentient artificial intelligence. Applicant Sarah Bannis. Inventor Sarah M. Bannis, Chicago, Illinois, U.S. Assignee Sarah Bannis, Chicago, Illinois, U.S. Application number 13476536. Filed January 22nd, 2013. Related U.S. application data, and it's got a number down there. Okay, here's the abstract, and the abstract just tells you all about it, okay? You want to hear this? This is interesting. Abstract. A method for creating an artificial intelligence entity, specifically an artificial intelligence that has sentient and sapient is provided. Uh, sapient means... Uh, Uh, sapient is like homo sapien. It means wise, okay? And sentient means alive, basically, as in humans that are alive, okay? So it's going to be alive and wise. Scary. All right. The invention is capable of intelligence, human, inter human interaction, adaptive slash modifiable code and thought and reasoning. Uh, let's see, reasoning, uh, learning, autonomous self-organization based on environment, environment changes, comma, interaction, comma, and or internal activity only and other advanced features. This permits a non-human, including a computer software entity, to become conscious or self-aware and to interact with the ability for sapience and understanding as if it were human. It also has the ability to integrate with other electronic, non-electronic, or suitable devices. Very interesting and very freaky and very scary. Okay. All right. So... Do you remember a few weeks ago, if you listened a few weeks ago, we were talking about uh, the book of Daniel and how um, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, let me start, try talking again. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and he wanted to know the interpretation, but uh, so when he presented it to his soothsayers, his astrologers and everything else, they said, well, let us know what the dream is and we'll interpret it. And he's like, uh-uh, no, we're not doing it this way this time. This time, you're going to tell me what the dream is, and then you're going to interpret it. Well, they couldn't do it. And I think he had him put to death, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so he heard uh, about the prophet Daniel, okay? And Daniel was introduced to him, and he told him what the dream was. And he went into the statue, the head of gold being Babylon, the the silver of the uh, the breast and, and the arms was Medo-Persia. And then after that, uh, the like the stomach area uh, that was um, grease and then the, the legs uh, the groin area and the legs and the feet uh, were uh, Rome he didn't say those things he, I mean he, he 
he didn't let on that or know maybe even that uh, that's the, the empires that were coming. But he did tell Nebuchadnezzar about his own empire. Uh, well, he went to talk on to talk about the um, the legs and the feet of iron and the the, toe, the feet were made of excuse me iron and clay. And um, actually, it's a miry clay too. It's not the good kind of clay that you you use for pottery. It's uh, miry clay, which is dirt and everything else mixed in with it. Anyway. He goes on to describe those, and he says, um, "He says, well, the thing is that um, the ten iron, the ten toes, uh, the two feet of ten toes of iron and clay." Um, he says, um, "They will mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to one another." Be- just as iron does not cleave with with uh, clay. And so he says, they will mingle themselves with the seed of men, which means there's something that's not mankind, right? Well, it could be the beings that purport to be space aliens, so they're just fallen angels. Or it could be um, artificial intelligence, or it could be both, Okay. So we can't dismiss anything right now because we don't know, but uh, there are a few possibilities. All we know is that whatever it is, they're not human. And uh, they're going to try to join themselves with the actual seed of men. So, which to me kind of talks about, kind of alludes to the fact that maybe it's going to be some kind of genetic change or something like that. But, uh, which again, we go we go into alien abduction because that's what they do. They take the sperm and the ovum uh, from humans, and then uh, well, what do they do with it? Well, what do you need sperm and ovum for but to create people, right? Or to manipulate those things and create half breeds or hubreds. Okay, so let me get rid of that and. We'll go to our last, what I like to call, slide. Okay. All right. Now, this is another. Let's see. I got to go there and then make it bigger. All right. There we go. This is another. Uh Huh, that's interesting. Looks like it has the same number, but it's a different patent. Anyway, we'll look at it and check it out. All right. So, international. Oh, this is an international application published under the Patent Cooperation Treaty. The other one was an American patent. This is international. That's why the numbers are the same. All right. So, you know, it has everything else, the filing language, English, publication language, English, um, priority data. It was from the U.S. 21st of September 2018. Um, applicant Microsoft technology. Doesn't it figure that Bill Gates has his hands in this? Okay. So inventors, Abrahamson, Dustin, uh, from Microsoft Technology Licensing, LLC, and his address, 1 Microsoft Way, Redmond, Washington. Um, 
And then there's another person, F.U. is his last name, Derek. Microsoft Technology Licensing uh, LLC, and then the same address. And then another person, uh, Joseph Edwin Johnson Jr. Again, from Microsoft Technology Licensing. Okay. And let's see, Agent um, Sandip S. Minhas. All right, he's in Redmond, Washington, too. Okay, then it has a, a diagram where it has, um, I'm going to describe this for the people that can't see. It's got a person, and then a box that says sensor, another box says user device. Um, then it's got a cloud that says communication network. And from that cloud, it goes, one of them goes, uh, arrow goes to a computer, or it looks like a server. And then another one goes to a cryptocurrency system. Okay. And so it's denoting or suggesting that it goes from you to the sensor, to the user device, to the communication network. And then it goes two different places. It goes to a server where it is processed and it goes to the cryptocurrency system. Now let's read what this is about because we have an abstract here. Okay. Abstract, human body activity associated with the task provided to a user may be used in a mining process for of a cryptocurrency system. Now, what's a mining process? All right. All right, I got I went up and looked at this. How does how does crypto coin work? What is Bitcoin mining? Okay, Bitcoin mining is a process by which new bitcoins are entered into circulation. It also has uh, it is also, excuse me, the way the network confirms new transactions and is critical component of the blockchain ledgers and maintenance and development. Uh, mining is pr also performed using sophisticated hardware that solves an extremely complex computational math problem. The first computer to find the solution is the, the problem that receives the next block of Bitcoins and the process begins again. Okay. So basically, if you go to buy or sell, all right, you go to buy or sell, that information is going to go to a cloud, and then it's going to go to a, um, a cryptocurrency place, okay, which seems to suggest to me that cryptocurrency is going to be the new, is going to be the financial system for the new world order. Uh, and there's a lot of things that are suggesting that that's, that's the truth, but um and then it's going to go to a, a server that's going to perform some gigantic mathematical computation to okay the um, the purchase or whatever it is that you're doing with with uh, crypto coins. Now this is where the mark of the beast comes in. Okay, since it's going to be digital money, you're not going to have dollar bills, fives, tens, twenties, fifties, hundreds, or whatever. You're not going to have uh, any uh, British money in your pocket. You're not going to have any Canadian money in your pocket. And you look at, take your country and throw it in there, man. That's, you're not going to have any money in your, in your pocket or anything like that. So um, everything's going to be done electronically, which is kind of scary because electronics aren't perfected yet. I don't think they ever will be. Um, so you go to buy something and you go into your Bitcoin account, but it also goes into this computer that kind of checks you out and then completes the transaction. But if you're not in there because you don't have the mark of the beast, 
And remember, that one thing was 666. You don't have the mark of the beast, so it says, you know, reject, reject. You know, don't give this person what he came in to buy. He's not in the system. He doesn't have the mark. So tell him to get lost. Or better yet, call up the authorities and have him arrested. So anyway, that's the what the mining thing is, okay? All right. Let's see. Did I start reading that? I'm going to read it again just in case. Um, abstract. Human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a, in a mining process of cryptocurrency system. Uh, the server may provide a task um, to a device of a user, which is communicatively coupled to the server, a sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense, in other words, the mark, may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data will be generated based on its the sensed body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively I can't say that word, coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system. There you go. You have the marker, don't you? Okay. And award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified. Okay. So there you have it. This is all the mark of the beast. Okay. This has got some more stuff down here that I didn't see before. But anyway, you get the idea. So let's see if I'm going to read any more of this stuff. No, that's okay. This reminds me of all the legal stuff that you... You have to read or they want you to read before you can get something that you paid for. Okay. So anyway, folks, there you have it. They're going to use AI and they're going to use cryptocurrency to implement the mark of the beast. I think we all kind of figured out that that was going to happen anyway, although the, the cryptocurrency is kind of a new thing that's added into it the last few years. But um, And if you don't have the mark, then it's going to kick back and say, nope, and it's gonna, they're going to tell you to get lost or, hey, why don't you go wait in the other room? And they'll call the authorities and have you arrested and whatever. Um, so, now the black goo I, I find really interesting because <laughs> uh, in, in the X-Files, it was real interesting because what it did is it went into a person and it controlled them. Almost like it had, almost like it was sentient and uh, had a um, sapience about it, okay? In other words, it went in and it took over, almost like it possessed the person, okay? And it was really freaky because the person's eyes would turn black and everything else. It was, And it would kind of swirl around in the eyes. So I don't know if that's what's actually going to happen with uh, with this black goo, if, if they use it, you know, but... Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Hopefully, a bunch of us will not be here when that happens. That would be really nice. And uh, But just in case uh, we depart after that becomes part of the, uh, the scheme, 
as part of the screenplay of this last attempt of mankind on earth to have dominion uh that will that will be that so to speak um so let me get rid of this okay so folks there you have it you know we have uh maybe we're farther along down the road than a lot of us thought you know uh maybe we're really really close to the mark of the beast to um to a one world monetary system you know and and a one world religion and maybe um maybe it's time to to sit back and just for a moment you know to to take time out from your busy day or if you're playing video games quit that and think for a few minutes and or whatever but um to think about the things that are coming down the pike and are you ready you know there's 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 going to be something called the rapture could you try again? Oh, for goodness sakes. Hold on a second. Okay. Right. I think it was Siri on my iPhone. Um, but we're really getting close, folks. And so it's it's something to think about. You know, are you going to stay here? Or are you going to go up in the air with the rest of us? You know, um, I'd rather have you go up with the rest of us, you know, um, I think that would be awesome. And there's a lot of followers of, of opposing the matrix on rumble and, and everywhere else that I would just love to meet someday personally. And, um, and we can do that. We can have a big rumble, uh, rumble opposing the matrix party in heaven or something, you know, um, with, you know, going by the dictates of what, the party could be in heaven, <laughs> but um, anyway, just uh, it's time to quit fooling around. It really is. And I'm not saying that you are fooling around, but there are a lot of people fooling around uh, with their faith, um, thinking that they've got lots and lots of time when they don't either because they're going to get called home early or because they're um, we're going to all go home early. But we need to get serious about our faith and what we're doing here on, on this mortal coil on earth and, um, and, and be proactive where the gospel's concerned and be seeking out people to present the gospel too. Gospel means good news. I tell you what, living in this country nowadays or Europe or anywhere else in this world, people need good news, Okay. And the good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not come into this world but to destroy the world, but through that through him the world might be saved. Okay? And I want you to be saved. I want you to be saved from yourself, from this world. And from all the little encumbrances that uh, tend to lead us away from the one true God, Yahweh. And that's why we need to get serious. That's why we need to just quit fooling around. The time to play time is over, you know, and, and it's time to get serious. Um, recess has come to an end. Need to come off the playground and uh, and get serious about our faith. <laughs> 
about who we serve, being Yahweh Yeshua, and uh, and what we're supposed to do. It's very clear in Scripture what we're supposed to do. Okay, and I'd like to be able to tell you that, but I want you to look it up. Okay. Um, if I tell you, it'll go in, inside and it'll stay there for a little while, and then it'll get lost and, and something else. So, and I'm only talking to the people that are, you know, not not being serious about their walk with Yeshua. Okay, so again, it's it's important that we uh, we come off the playground and get back to uh, brass tacks, back to doing what we're supposed to do. Break time's over. The bell is rung. It's time to go back to work. So anyway, well, I hope you got some stuff out of this show tonight that uh, you learned stuff like I did. And uh, I did preparing for it, believe it or not. But um, just (laughs) let go and let God go with Yahweh, the only way to fly. So. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he be there for your going out and your coming in, your rising up and your lying down. May he, and only he, be the one that gives you the peace that passes all understanding. And in this time of turbulence in this world that's so corrupt and dirty, may he wash you as white as snow. And may he stand before his father, our God, Elohim, Elohecha. And may he stand before him and, and uh, advocate for you before the Father. In Yeshua's holy, precious name, amen and amen. Good night, folks. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Ralph. We're going to do a show tomorrow, and uh, I'll have it posted. It will not be live, but I'll post it as soon as I can, okay? Okay, be blessed in Yeshua's name. Talk to you soon. Good night.